and I welcome you to another broadcast of What's New. We continue today in Acts chapter 28, moving on to verses 13 through 16. Here in these verses, Luke concludes his account of Paul's journey from Caesarea to Rome. On our previous study, taken from verses 11 and 12 of this chapter, we traveled with Paul from the island of Malta to the island of Sicily, where they spent three days in the city of Syracuse, the leading city on the island. Now we come to verses 13 through 16, and Luke continues his account of this journey from Syracuse to Rome. Here now is what he writes. From there, we circled around to Regium. A day later, a south wind began blowing. So the following day, we arrived at Patioli, where we found some believers. They begged us to stay with them seven days. Then we went on to Rome. The brothers in Rome had heard that we were coming and came to meet us at the Forum on the Appian Way. Others joined us at the three taverns. When Paul saw them, he thanked God and took courage. When we arrived in Rome, Paul was permitted to live wherever he wanted to, though guarded by a soldier. Regium was a town on the coast of Italy near the southwest tip and close to the narrowest point of the strait separating this country from Sicily. Patioli was almost 200 miles from Regium. It was situated in the northern part of the Bay of Naples and was the chief port of Rome, though 75 miles away. 
the population of this city included Jews as well as Christians. Luke also states that some of the brothers from Rome traveled as far as the Forum on the Appian Way to meet them. This was a small town, 43 miles from Rome, noted for its wickedness. Others met them at the uh, town of Three Taverns, which was about 33 miles from Rome. The term tavern was used to designate any kind of shop. Now here with our study is Pastor Henry Harder. Paul's long-awaited destination is almost within reach. After being driven 600 miles across the Mediterranean from Crete to Malta, Paul and company make their way from the island of Malta to the city of Syracuse on the south coast of the island of Sicily, just off the toe of the boot of Italy. The ship stayed there three days, perhaps because the southerly winds died down. After three days, they left Syracuse and sailed almost directly north and anchored at the port city of Regium on the mainland of Italy. The word Regium is the Greek word for rent or torn or broken. Ancients thought that the island of Sicily, only seven miles across the Messina Strait from the toe of Italy, was torn from the mainland by an earthquake. So the town at the tip of the toe was called Regium, or rent or torn. Here at Regium they waited for favorable winds to drive the ship through the narrow seven-mile-wide Messina Strait with its difficult currents. The next day the south wind came up and they set sail north for the port city of Petioli on the west coast of the island on the north side of the Gulf of Naples, near what is now the city of Naples. At this time it was the regular port for Rome, especially for grain ships. Rome's other port, Ostia, it is thought, wasn't deep enough to handle such heavily loaded ships at this time. Petioli was a prosperous city and a villa resort for such men as Cicero and Hadrian. Two amphitheaters were found there. The older one is believed to be the one where Nero gave a gladiatorial performance in A.D. 66. Paul may well have seen this structure. At the time Paul reached Petioli, there was already a Christian community there. A number of Christian inscriptions have been found in the ruins. So Paul finally arrived in Italy, a long way from Jerusalem and home. Here at Petioli, Paul found some Christians. The gospel had reached here ahead of this apostle. He spent a week with them. Apparently the centurion's business kept him there for seven days. From Petioli, Paul and his group went by land to Rome. First, they took the Via Domitiana, or the Domitian Way. Less than 20 miles brought them to Capua, to the Via Appia, or the famous Appian Way. This was the first and finest of the paved roads, one of the supreme engineering achievements of Roman technology. It was named after Appius Claudius Cacus one of the earliest personalities in Roman history. The Appian Way, or road, was begun in 312 B.C. and led from Rome south to Capua, with a later extension to Brundisium on the east coast of Italy in 244 B.C. It was made of blocks of stone, polished, cut, and fitted without cement. The width of the road was 15 feet, and the length 350 miles. 
One ancient writer called this the queen of the long roads. The pavement is still traceable for many miles south of Rome. Long stretches of the stone pavement is still intact after 2,000 years. Remains of early Christian chapels, catacombs, and basilicas still remain near the road. Also lining the road are soaring columns, marble statues, rich carvings, and colorful frescoes, all monuments to the dead. Burials were not allowed inside the city of Rome, so the dead were interred outside the walls in fields on either side of the roads. Members of the Roman aristocracy preferred to be buried next to the Appian Way. Walled enclosures were built to accommodate families and clans so that they could all be buried together. Paul walked on the Appian Way from Capua to Rome, some 132 miles. From Capua, the Appian Way skirted the shore. It must have been a picturesque walk with many beautiful views of the sea below. Paul must have passed Cicero's country estate and passed a canal built by Augustus, which was used for hauling passengers and freight on barges drawn by mules. Forty-three miles from Rome, the group came to the Forum of Appius. This was the terminus of the canal and therefore a famous stopping place for travelers. Perhaps in one of its famous inns, Paul had the joy of seeing the Christians from Rome who had come to meet him. Ten miles nearer Rome, the rest of the delegation waited to meet Paul. That was called the Three Taverns. Cicero mentions the Three Taverns as a well-known roadhouse where the road to Antium intersected the Appian Way. Perhaps Paul had met some of these Christians before. What a joyful reunion that must have been. As the group made their way to that great city on the Tiber, they passed by huge aqueducts like the one Claudius had completed in A.D. 50. The aqueduct carried water to Rome for 40 miles. Its huge arches measured up to 110 feet. The ruins of this aqueduct can be seen to this day. They are impressive, to say the least. Rome had eight aqueducts at that time. As Paul's group walked, they passed by the tombs and memorials of great generals and conquerors. They were the tombs of men made famous by Rome, but they had gone the way of all flesh. They died and were buried. There were the tombs, memorials to death and to sin. Here walked a prisoner flanked by soldiers and a few Christian friends, a prisoner under guard, but a conqueror ready to take on mighty Rome with its pagan religions and immorality. So Paul entered the Porta Capina. At last this missionary statesman and strategist set foot in Rome, the eternal city. His wish and dream was being fulfilled to take the gospel west, to the far-flung Greco-Roman world. It was a broken world, a spiritually impoverished world without hope. I'm sure Paul could hardly wait to tell Rome of him who bore their sorrows and healed their sin stripes, of him who hung on the cross who was wounded for their transgressions. Listen to the renewal singers as they put those words from Isaiah 53 to music. Son sent down from 
the scars the thorns made see where the spear was thrust in his side see in his hands where nails were driven oh how he suffered and died there is no What's News, a radio production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Shafter, California, 93263, USA.